0: Welcome to the Menopause and Sex Podcast, where we discuss women's sexuality as it relates to the experience of menopause. I am your host, Christy Ann. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome to another exciting episode of Menopause and Sex. Today, we're going to talk about something uncomfortable, um, and that is what are vaginal fissures? Now, if you've never experienced one, I hope you never do, and I hope that you that this episode is useless to you. But if you have experienced them, then this episode should be very useful to you. So, I myself have experienced them. Um, I never experienced them before menopause. It was after menopause that I started experiencing them. People can experience them, uh, you know, at any age, but. Uh, I personally have found that they happen more now, and I have spoken to other women who have found that they happen more after the change. And so I thought it would be a good subject for today's show. So let's talk about what are vaginal fissures in case you aren't aren't sure. So vaginal fissures, they're basically they're cuts or tears, um, small breaks in the skin of the vaginal area. So this can happen on the outside or on the inside for myself. I experience them a lot in the crevice between the uh, outer and inner labia. Um, But you can experience them in other places. That's personally where I find them to happen a lot, but I have had them happen in other places as well, depending on basically what caused it. And there can be different things that can bring about the fissures, and we'll get into that, which is the typical reasons why they happen is, one, is sexual intercourse. So sometimes it can be intense and rough sexual activities that can bring it about, but even not being rough, just turning the wrong way or spreading something too far open can do it. And often the reason why this is happening is because there's not enough lubrication down there. And when you add to the fact that after you start going through menopause, that the tissues begin to thin out because of the loss of estrogen, then it's so much easier for that delicate vaginal tissue to tear. Um, Also, too, not being aroused enough can lead to vaginal fissures. So, um, of course, that would make sense because you're not going to be moist enough down there, so it could tear easily. Other causes, uh, childbirth, um, which women who've gone through that, they already know about that. But since we are talking about menopause, childbirth would not really be the cause, although having gone through childbirth before could contribute to you having fissures more after menopause. So keep that in mind. So as we already said, vaginal dryness, um, just insufficient lubrication during a sex act. Um, But it doesn't even have to be then. I have been sitting in my chair and just like maybe twist around to grab something or whatever. And I just moved wrong and I tore it. So you don't actually have to be having sex. I I used to ride horses. Um, Now, I haven't ridden one since I've been in menopause. But as a teenager, I did. And just thinking about that or riding a bike. Any of those activities where you're sitting on something and you'd move, any of those activities could cause you to get a vaginal tear. So it is not just from sex, but it can be definitely from being too dry down there. So these hormonal changes we go through with menopause, that definitely can contribute. Um, Other things can contribute, such as medication also, though. So it is possible that it may not be dryness that's causing it. It could be a medication that you're taking. Of course, that would be something you'd have to discuss with your doctor, possibly your pharmacist to see if they know of any, you know, potential side effects of the medication you're taking that could cause a thinning of the skin or, you know, just cause a more um, fragile skin issue to where you're getting the fissures. So definitely, if you're taking medications, look into that. But it probably would be more likely that it might be a combination of medication and just the simple change of menopause and the fact that we get drier down there. Um, infections can bring on fissures. So uh, yeast infections, a yeast infection is definitely going to create a, uh, an environment where they would be easier, especially if you've been scratching or doing anything to further inflame the tissue. Um, STIs can help promote them, um, which is why you should every year be getting an STI test. If you are being sexually active, no matter what, no matter who it is with, if you're not being, then maybe not. But if you are even in a committed relationship, it's always a good idea to just get those STI tests because you never know. Um, Anyway, so uh, those things can cause inflammation and irritation of the vaginal tissues. And so anytime the vaginal tissues are irritated, they're going to be more susceptible to fissures. So you want to make sure everything is really healthy down there. And then uh, trauma or injury, you know, falling down, um, you know, some kind of accident, um, something getting inserted too quickly, like we said before, basically with sex or, you know, even masturbation, you could insert a you know a dildo or a vibrator you could even put in a kegel exerciser or a vaginal dilator incorrectly and cause a fissure so many things can cause them if you've had one you'll know you've had one they're 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 painful so and they can make it very difficult to sit in certain positions um and it definitely if you have one during or before sex it you just won't want to have sex after that because it just, your mind is all going to be on the pain you're experiencing and you're not going to be able to feel any pleasure. So it's definitely something that can basically, it can stop everything for you. Uh, Some symptoms of vaginal fissures in case you're not sure, in case you're not sure if that's what you've had before or not is pain or discomfort. Sometimes it's kind of a burning sensation Some people may experience an itching feeling, especially once it kind of starts to heal. Um, There will often be a certain amount of bleeding. It may not be real heavy. Um, It may just be a light amount, but often there will be a certain amount of bleeding. Um, It might even make you think you're on your period or that you're spotting. So if you're feeling any kind of discomfort down there, it's a good idea to kind of inspect a little closer and see... Could you be experiencing a fissure, which, of course, you'd want to get a mirror out and take a look. Try not to, you know, of course, use clean hands. Try not to touch the area and do your best to just take a good visual look at it before doing anything further. Um, If you're feeling unsure, it might be a good idea to make an appointment with a gynecologist to have them help look at the area to make sure it is a fissure and not anything else. That is going to help you with figuring out what kind of treatment you want to use, Um, which, of course, you're going to want to have an immediate treatment, something to deal with that pain and the fissure right at the moment so you don't suffer any more pain in the current moment. But also, too, you're going to want to come up with a plan because if the problem is a lack of vaginal moisture, then you need to make a plan to to resolve that, and that can be... multiple things from first figuring out are you using any kind of potential irritants? Are you using soaps that are drying you out? Is the clothing you're wearing potentially drying you out? Um, Not breathing well that you know, like if you're wearing nylon, um, man-made materials that could be contributing by not allowing, you know, airflow, whereas cotton underwear would allow for better airflow, less moisture, you know, well, less bacteria, Building in there in the moisture because it's getting to breathe. Things like that could be first bringing on or exacerbating any natural dryness you have. So you want to eliminate all those things. You know, another thing too could be potentially your um, your laundry soap in your clothes could be contributing. So you want to take care of all of those things. And by the way, come to think of it, I did write an ebook. Thirty things that may be causing your vaginal dryness. I think that's the title. It's actually free, and you can get that ebook if you go on to wetorchid.com. Um, if you go on to at the top of the page, you can sign up for a ten percent coupon, and when you sign up for that coupon, you get that ebook for free. So go grab that. It's quick read. I bet you you will find one or two things on there if you're experiencing dryness that may be contributing. So go grab it. It's free. But let's get back into this. So um, once you have figured out all of those external things that could be causing dryness, the next thing you're going to need to do is figure out how you can take care of it internally, which would be possibly through medical intervention, having your doctor... Possibly prescribe hormonal, th- uh, hormonal um, medications um, also, too. There are vaginal moisturizers. Uh, we sell on Wet Orchid a vaginal moisturizing suppository. Also, we have a whole set of vaginal moisturizers, depending on what your symptoms are, a cream, a serum. We have a uh, sulfate-free wash. So vaginal moisturizing is a preventative way to deal with fissures. Now, of course, these products are not going to help you in the moment. Um, That's going to require something that's going to be, you know, like, for instance, they have topical pain, uh, vaginal pain medication that you would take, or not take, but that you would spread on during, you know, instance of dealing with the fissures. Um, Often you find this stuff right next to the Uh, yeast infection medication. So those are the kind of things you want to use in the moment. But to prevent the fissures in the future, you're going to want to figure out a vaginal moisturizing regimen. So check out wetorchid.com for our products there that can help you out with that. So now if you suspect that you are having vaginal fissures, and if if you're experiencing them often, like they're happening regularly, not just one time, but these are happening often first of all it is always recommended to go to a doctor have them give you a proper evaluation make sure that there's no st stds that there's no other you know things like diabetes other health issues can show up down there you know indirectly so make sure you're fully healthy first and then start looking at outside products um Feel free to share the the link to Wet Orchid products with your doctor and ask them are these things that could help me and you know these you know one of the great things about Wet Orchid products are there's no hor- hormones there's nothing about them in its prescription, so they're a very low risk for anybody to use. So they're a great way to start without having to get into prescription products, especially if you're somebody like me who has gone through breast cancer. I personally can't use any kind of hormones uh, they I have talked to my doctor about doing a cream a topical cream and they said it might be possible that I could do that but they definitely won't let me take anything internally so if you're like me who has gone through cancer or who has a risk of cancer you can't even use the hormones so you're gonna be looking at alternatives and you know things like um, having a vaginal moisturizing regimen is what you're gonna have to do in lieu of being able to use the hormones but of course if you can use hormones, double it up. I mean, don't just use the hormones. You want to do the hormones and do a vaginal moisturizing regimen. So do vaginal fissures happen more after menopause? Studies say that it doesn't necessarily happen more, but that also could be a lack of women reporting on it. Um, But it is agreed that the fissures happen because thinning skin, And thinning skin often happens from decreased estrogen levels. So this is to say that if you are not in menopause, let's say you're in your 20s, you're not even close and you're experiencing fissures, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going through menopause or that you're getting ready to. It could mean that you have other reasons why your skin down there is thinning. So if you are experiencing or you have a friend who's complained to you that they're experiencing fissures and they're not even of menopausal age, they should still go to the doctor and get that checked out to see if there's any kind of infection going on, um, if there's any kind of maybe just some kind of medical condition that's causing this. And again, like I said before, be checking to make sure it's not the clothing you're wearing or the products you're applying, um, the soap you're using, uh, the laundry soap you're using, those kind of things. Make sure none of that external stuff could be contributing. So, here is another thing to think about when you're getting fissures. Do you if, if you're a person who gets a lot of yeast infections, it could be possible that you're getting fissures and not realizing it cuz you're not always going to be aware of every fissure. If they're not really large, you just may not become aware of it or you could think that maybe it was something from shaving or you just may not be aware. So, The case is that, yes, fissures will increase or can increase. I don't know that they will, but it can increase the risk of developing a yeast infection. Um, These small tears, they allow that bacteria to enter the skin and lead to an increased risk of infection. So if you're getting a lot of these, um, and here's the other thing, too, if you're getting yeast infections— even though you may tell yourself, don't scratch, sometimes you just subconsciously will start scratching, and then that is going to make the problem worse. So if you find that you're having a lot of yeast infections, um, check to see if you're getting fissures. If you can't tell, check to see are you ha- do you have dry skin? Talk to your doctor about this. Go in and let them know, look, I keep having, you know, yeast infection after yeast infection. And here's the thing nowadays, you know, it used to be when I was a teenager, If you got a yeast infection, you had to get medication from the doctor. It wasn't over-the-counter. Now everything's over-the-counter, so we self-diagnose. And so if you are doing that, there's a chance you're not going to your doctor. There's a chance your doctor is completely unaware that you're having yeast infections more than normal. If you are having frequent, recurrent yeast infections, there's a reason why. And it could be that fissures could be to blame. It could be that thinning skin, that all of these things are kind of packaged together and just creating a perfect environment to suffer from this. So the point is, talk to your doctor if you're having recurrent yeast infections, if you're noticing fissures, see if there's something that you can do medically. And then when anything is exhausted with that, check out wet orchid products to help you moisturize from the inside out. So let's talk about how to prevent vaginal fissures. So there's a few steps you can take to prevent them. The first would be practice good hygiene. Keep the area clean and use a mild, unscented soap, especially one with no sulfates. That's the thing. Most of these soaps you find, and a lot of these cheap vaginal washes you find at like Walmart and Target, they're loaded with sulfates. And the reason why products that you find at Walmart, and it's not even just vaginal washes, it's everything loaded with sulfates, because most people's water is hard. And so they want to make sure that it suds up. So they put all these sulfates in it. But the thing is, is that if you don't have hard water, you don't need all those sulfates. Um, Also, too, not everybody has to use the water that comes out of the faucet. When it comes to your delicate vaginal tissues, if you have hard water, it is a better idea to be using a filtered water, to use something that's, a, you know, you could use distilled water or a filtered water that you get at the store, um, you know, just in, in the jugs, and use that with a soap that does not have sulfates. That way you can avoid all the dryness. Now, if you check out Wet Orchids Gentle Petal Wash, that wash has no sulfates in it. I use this every day. It only takes a tiny drop on your finger and you suds up everything. I mean, your front and the back gets washed without any dryness whatsoever. I luckily have soft water here, so I don't need to do the extra thing with the bottled water, but I have done that in the past when I had hard water. So, Skip all those cheap washes because they're only causing you problems in the, the long run. Now, the wet orchid wash, it's a little bottle. It's only two ounces. It's a lot smaller than those washes you get at the store. But like I said, just a drop will do. So you, that bottle itself can last you several months just as long as those big bottles. And it's easy to carry in your purse or your gym bag. So you're not, you know, heaving around this super big bottle of wash or needing to pour that wash into something smaller to travel with. It's all in one bottle. It's going to last you forever. And you don't have to worry about dryness. So the next thing you can do is stay hydrated, drink plenty of water. We already hear this, ladies, we know we need to drink our water. So Drink your water because not only does it help the skin on your face, but it helps the skin in your vaginal area. Another way you can stay hydrated is by using vaginal moisturizers. Now, vaginal moisturizers are not a lubricant. There's a difference. And some people, they don't realize there is a difference. Even I didn't know there was. But a vaginal moisturizer is something you use as more preventative care. And vaginal moisturizers come in different forms. Wet Orchid sells a suppository that you insert up inside of the vagina. It's recommended that you use that at nighttime when you go to bed. This uh, suppository is made from all natural ingredients. It's got cocoa butter, alipay butter, um, and some other great ingredients that are going to allow you to moisturize it inside. It's going to melt and as you sleep. Get you nice and moisturized. It's called flower shower moisturize for, or uh, shower your flower from the inside out. Another thing you can do is use um, external vaginal moisturizers because the wetter you keep yourself on the outside, the wetter it's going to stay everywhere. A Wet orchid has a moisturizing cream you can use daily, and they also have a repair serum, and they also have a balm that you can apply over everything. So. What you can do is use that sulfate-free wash. You can use the cream and or the serum, depending on what your symptoms are. And you can learn more on the website. Um, just go to Wet Orchid, look up the, the products, and it'll tell you a little bit about the differences in them. Apply those and then apply the balm, and it keeps you moist all the day long. The other thing that's great about the balm is it's going to put a protective layer between your vagina and your panties or whatever you're wearing. So if if it happened to be that anything in, you know, on your clothing could be irritating you, well, that balm is gonna put a protective layer in between it and prevent that from happening. So definitely go check those out. So another thing to help prevent vaginal fissures is to use plenty of of lubrication during sex and we're talking plenty don't be afraid to use up that bottle because you want it super slick down there and try to use a water-based lubricant that those are the best to use um especially ladies if you are sensitive like me you want to avoid using a lubricant that has any kind of paraben in it parabens will make your tissues burn Aloe, actually, for a lot of women have reported that it burns. And I myself, I have used some moisturizer or I'm sorry, some lubricants that are aloe based and they burn me. Um, Another thing that you find in almost all lubrications is that you want to avoid is glycerin. Uh, glycerin is known to break down the mucous membranes when used in large quantities, small amounts, I believe do not cause all the problems, but large quantities can be harmful. So if you find that lubricant is causing you any kind of stinging or discomfort, it's most likely one of those ingredients that I just listed. So you want to find a lubricant that does not have those ingredients, the parabens or the, um, um, the paraben or the uh, glycerin and um, in many cases, the aloe as well. And this gives me a perfect opportunity to introduce wet orchids, nectar. This is their brand of lubrication that is made with menopause in mind. It does not contain any parabens, no glycerin, no aloe. It is 100% natural made from plant cellulose, purified water, It has hyaluronic acid, so it is actually a moisturizing lubricant. You don't find very many lubricants out there that actually have a moisturizing property to them. I actually went to the adult store the other day to look, um, just doing some market research since I do, of course, sell, you know, vaginal moisturizing products, and now am starting to sell lubricants. And I noticed pretty much just about every single lubricant they have, it's all glycerin based. When you look at a lubricant and it's perfectly clear, like, I mean, just it's super clear, those are glycerin based. That's glycerin that you're seeing primarily plant-based lubricants which there are just very few on the market and I am not going to mention my competitors um, but if you've used a plant-based one you'll notice that they are typically slightly cloudy and that's because it's plant-based now glycerin it does it is extracted from plants but it's a completely different process it is very clear whereas when like I said for the organic ones that are done from plant cellulose they're going to have a slight creaminess to them and that is the case with the wet orchid nectar it has that but the great thing is no stinging no pain nothing like that whatsoever another thing you can do to help prevent fissures is to maintain a healthy diet so you want to eat you know Lots of uh, healthy greens. Keep your diet rich in vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. They can all help with overall vaginal health. And uh, we already know as menopausal women that we need to be eating the best foods we can for our overall health no matter what. So, you know, everything, it's all related. Everything. Um, We need to keep our complete bodies healthy. And by doing that, you keep your vaginal uh, health up. So... Another thing you need to do the best you can in this crazy world is to manage stress. So high levels of stress, even when you're in menopause, still will affect your hormone level and vaginal health. Even if your hormones are out of whack and not there as much as they used to be, adding stress is going to make them even more out of whack. So do the best you can to reduce Stress. Um, Try to do as much meditation as you can. Try yoga, deep breathing. Try to get away, get away from whatever could be stressing you out, whether it be, you know, family or work or whatever. Do your best to get some me time in. (laughs) And, um, you know, whatever you can, light some candles, get a massage, but take some time out and manage that stress. And then finally, you know, in the very end is go to a doctor, go to your gynecologist, tell them what's going on and um, have them help you work towards a proper diagnosis first. So that way you can find a proper treatment next. So what is the best way to treat and heal a vaginal fissure you may have right now? So I'm not a doctor, but there are several ways you can Treat vaginal fissures to make sure that they are healed. Uh, these are the this these are my tips. So take this with what you know with a grain of salt. Go to your doctor and um, make sure you get professional medical medical advice. Talk to some other women in your community and see what they experience. But you know this is my experience, and so I'm going to give this to you and see you know see if any of these things will help you. Uh, again. Like I said, avoid the irritants, you know, look at your laundry soap, make sure you're not, you know, some of these super strong laundry soaps, yes, they're great for, you know, getting dirt out of your clothes, but, you know, is the residue that's left behind causing you problems? So, you know, maybe you need something just, you know, just for your underwear your panties and your lingerie perhaps you need something that is less strong you know save the tide and the the gain and all that for your jeans and um, get something a little softer for your clothes Um, and again stop using the you know scented soaps get yourself a soap that is not um, does not have sulfates and drying ingredients in them Um, make sure that you are doing proper hygiene, make sure you are washing the area at least once a day. But also, too, don't wash too much either. You don't want to wash your vagina so much that it's getting dried up. Be careful using vaginal wipes too much. I mean, just anything. Try not to disrupt the area a whole lot, you know. Once a day should in most cases be good. And when you're drying yourself, don't wipe pat instead. Use, you know, a clean towel every time. Don't reuse your same towel. Use a clean towel that has not been used on any other part of your body on your vagina. Perhaps even just set aside a um, just a hand towel or even a dry washcloth. Maybe keep a stack of dried washcloths by your shower. And when you get out, use a fresh washcloth every time to pat the area dry. That way you don't have to worry about spreading anything from any other part of your body or you know, for instance, one thing they say is like if you've had a yeast infection, sometimes what can cause those to come back is your panties that you threw in the wash, but the, the yeast in, the yeast didn't get fully washed out. So, um, you know, you can make infections come back by them not being completely removed from what you're using. So use a clean Dry towel every time and pat it dry. Don't do anything to further irritate or create a situation where you're going to have more dryness. Again, use those lubrications anytime you do anything down there, whether it's sex with a partner, masturbation for yourself. Of course, if you're going to a gynecologist, they they should hopefully be using the right amount of, they usually typically use McKesson, which I actually noticed that McKesson... uh, Lubricant, which is, you know, that's usually what's used in a clinical situation is actually made with a lot of glycerin. So that goes, that's a whole other show to talk about. Why, when they show the research shows that glycerin is bad for you, are they allowing it to be used in a product they're using in the doctor's office? But that's a whole other show. We're not going to go touch that too deeply here. But just know that, yeah they do have that. Um, but of course, anytime a doctor is doing any kind of, you know, typically it's going to be what, when you're getting a pap smear that they put in the duck bills and spread you open and oh boy, that is not comfortable, but they usually, I've never had one not use enough lubricant. So that's typically not a problem. Um, so, uh, topical ointments can help you out. Um, we already talked about that before. So hydrocortisone creams, antifungal creams, um, Of course, it's always best to go to a doctor first to make sure that that's what's the problem. But if you've had yeast infections before, you typically can tell that's what you've got. If you've never had one before, go to your doctor. Don't just grab something off... Off the counter, um, but usually when a woman at menopausal age has probably had one or two by that time. And as I said, they have creams that can help with pain in the in the here and now that you can put on when you're dealing with the itching or dealing with a fissure right there. You can put that on. It's not something you want to use regularly though, because first of all, it can make you become desensitized to it and it stops working. Using um, a pain medication, especially in the vaginal area, if you Theoretically, if you were to use too much of it, you could overdose on it because your vaginal tissue is going to absorb a lot quicker. Um, but that'd be an awful lot of cream. But I mean, it, in theory, it could happen. So, you know, you'd want to be careful about applying too much of those kind of creams because of the fact that it can absorb into your bloodstream. You know, um, you want to avoid that. And then also, too, you'd want to avoid using any kind of cream that desensitizes or numbs the area if you are having sex. Because while it might help you get through the session of sex without feeling the pain, it's possible you could get torn worse and not be able to tell because you're numb. So just keep that in mind. Um, Just always consult with a professional first if you've never experienced these symptoms um, or used any of these medications. Another thing that can help in the moment is applying a warm compress to the area that can help relieve some of the discomfort, take your mind off of it, bring some blood flow down there so that your body can start the healing process. Um, Avoid super tight clothing. Put the thongs away for now. You know, those things are right up in there and they're just going to make it worse. So avoid tight, tight panties. Leggings in the... Actually... If they're not super tight, would probably be the better thing to wear, because um, you know we, every lady knows that leggings are underwear <laughs> that we can wear in public. So, um, but also to be aware of the fact that leggings, depending on how thick they are and the material they're made out of, may not breathe that well. And if you're experiencing a fissure, you want a nice oxygen flow down there. You don't want things to stay. I guess you could say stagnant and um, because that's going to help with the healing. So it might even be a better idea to have a pair of granny panties, I guess you could say, you know, just big baggier panties, just not not the kind of panties you'd wear under a fitting dress or fitted pants. But, you know, just more baggy underwear that you could wear and maybe wear some looser fitting uh, pants, um, maybe a skirt for a while until everything gets healed up. And of course, increase that water intake. If you notice you're not drinking enough water, get back. This is another reason to increase that water intake. So, um, there's many causes of fissures, um, and there's many ways to resolve them. And I hope that this discussion will help you out if you've experienced them. Um, again. Go check out Wet Orchid products. They can help you out with vaginal fissures. They can help you out with all kinds of the symptoms that you can experience with vaginal uh, atrophy and vaginal dryness after menopause, during um, perimenopause, and for women out there who aren't going through menopause. Some women who aren't in menopause just still naturally have vaginal dryness issues. So, all of the products at wet orchid can help you out so make sure you check them out thank you again for hanging out with me on another menopause and sex podcast it was great to have you along we will be back next week with another exciting episode until then take care of yourself bye-bye